0: Hello and welcome to Homegrown History with Limestone County archivist Rebecca Davis and longtime Athens, Alabama native Richard Martin. Each episode Richard and Rebecca bring to life some of the famous and infamous stories etched in Limestone County's rich history. Hello
1: and welcome to the Homegrown History Podcast, your Limestone County History Podcast. I'm Rebecca Davis. I'm the archivist at the Limestone County Archives in Athens, Alabama, along with my fellow co-host.
2: I'm Richard Martin, the oldest one here. I'm 81. Glad to be here. (laughs) That's
1: right. We're glad to have you here. And you hear that cute little giggle? That is our friend, Kelly Kazak. We are very honored to have Kelly as our guest today. Kelly and I have been friends for a minute and a half ever since she was my boss at the News Courier. She's now with AL.com. Tom, and she is the one who wrote the book, or at least one of them, on Limestone County tornadoes and Alabama's deadly tornadoes. And um, we're just glad to have you here today because our topic of the day is going to be tornadoes in Limestone County. Everybody's got a tornado story, but we're going to go with
3: Kelly's tornado stories today. Everybody Kelly. does have a tornado story. Thank you for having me. It's not a fun topic, but no. it is fun to get to share some history with folks. The tornadoes have always fascinated me, and I did write one book for the News Courier after Mm -hmm. the 2011 tornadoes, and then I wrote one called A History of Alabama's Deadliest Tornadoes. That goes from 1908 to 1998. So oh, that's right. I got a lot of information. That's in right. And
1: one. if you don't have a copy of those books, we do have those at the Limestone County Archives, as well as a book from 1974, April 3rd, 1974, A Night to Remember, because that was the big super outbreak that everybody thought was going to be the deadliest and the worst ever, which it was the deadliest in Limestone County. Although 2011,
3: as far as destruction, ended up rivaling 1974, didn't it? It did. It still is the most fatalities. Uh, 74, Mm -hmm. but 2011 had stronger tornadoes and more damage and was on the ground a lot longer. Right. right? And interestingly, they followed the same path Mm -hmm. for a little ways.
1: So let's kind of start at the beginning. Now, one of the things that um, Kelly and I have worked together with, um, as well as several other people in this community, is the tornado memorial that is now out near where Bethel Church of Christ used to be before it got blown away. One of how many times has Bethel gotten blown away out on 72?
3: Well, This one was really blown away. Um, April 27, 2011, it was destroyed. But their cemetery is just a little ways away on Highway 72, and we thought that would be perfect for the tornado memorial. And they were kind enough to give us permission to put it there.
1: Right. So back in 2011 to 2012, Kelly and I and a group of community volunteers joined the Tornado Remembrance and Awareness Committee, And help make that happen. You can go out there and see a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, which is the names of all the people that have been known to have died in Limestone County tornadoes that we have on the historic record anyway. And unfortunately, there are blank slates because... We keep adding them every few springs when tornadoes come through. And the first tornado that I know of that we have on the record in Limestone County, as far as deaths in Limestone County, was in 1913 when three people in Tanner died. But cyclones, as they were called in the historic record, have been part of Limestone County history since long before we came here and long after we'll blow
3: away, haven't they? Well, I'll tell you a little background on that. You know, the National Weather Service official statistics begin in 1950. So, any tornadoes before that, before they had the Fujita scale, uh, the meteorologists went back and looked up old newspaper records and mm-hmm. they would judge the damage and the deaths from newspaper records, mm-hmm. and they would then rate the tornadoes, um, you know, some from 1800s, they were mm-hmm. rating them, but they were just basing them on what information they had, because they didn't go out then and do the research they do now on mm-hmm. a tornado. Anyway, so yes, 1913, and we have some from 1920, because we had right. some good newspaper records, but I'm sure. sure they've been going on since long before that.
1: I know, in 24, an entire family of Collinses all died in Limestone County,
3: and one hit Yes, and that's a crazy one because it, it's one of those that's so fascinating of, as how tornadoes work. Um, there is a grave at Antioch Cemetery mm-hmm. in Elkmont where all the eight members of the Collins family are buried, the parents and the six children. Wow. They were all at home on their farm in Elkmont when a tornado came through in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1924, they didn't have, this was May 26, 1924, mm-hmm. they didn't have the warnings. They didn't have a TV. They didn't have anything they could get news from. So they didn't know anything was coming, and there had been nothing earlier in the day to suggest it. Yeah. The next morning, uh, the nephew of the Collins has lived a ways away because it's in the country, but they could see the house. Mm-hmm. They came outside and there was no house there. Crazy. So they went over there and they found um, several buildings destroyed in the house. All the livestock was still alive. The chickens had all their feathers gone, and they there were no <laughs> bodies there. They had to go and do search and find all the bodies oh, out how in the awful. fields. And they buried them. The parents had two black coffins, and the little two boys had gray, and the little girls had white. Oh! And they buried them all together there. Now, what part of the county was that? Elkmont. Up El- in Elmont. Mm-hmm. And what's really weird about that mm-hmm. is there was a family of eight killed in Walker County. Oh wow! By a different tornadoes. Those that those night.
1: random tornadoes that just
3: boom down and hit and go. Right. It
1: almost just feels like. Wrath of God type stuff, especially when you talk about these massive, you know, F four, F five.
3: Right. You know, I mean, nobody else knew it was 20s. there. That one they ended up rating in, in twenty four and F three, uh, but nobody else knew it was there. It's like it just dropped out and hit that farm and and went. Right. Really, that is bizarre. Wild. Things. What do you remember, Richard, from growing up in Limestone
1: County From nineteen
3: twenty four, Richard? I know, <laughs> you know, I
1: know you don't remember nineteen twenty four, but you might remember before nineteen fifty.
2: Well, I didn't pay any attention to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, We didn't have the warnings or anything. We just thought it was a windstorm. So we never paid attention to them. A little boy like me didn't care. only one that really affected me so much was the one in 1974 that you've done a story on, haven't you?
3: Oh, yes. I said before that there'll be stories coming from that tornado long after we're gone that we've never heard before. And just wild stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you remember, Richard,
1: from that
2: night? Well, I remember I was at Lake Ida. It's a restaurant on uh, Mm -hmm. Nick Mm -hmm. Davis Road and Lindsay Lane, and we were sitting there eating, and this huge chunk of ice, bigger than a football, fell right in front of us. (laughs) And we looked at, oh, my gosh. That's hell, and we knew something was going. So we ran home. I mean, in the car, mm-hmm. and then of course we turned on the radio, and then bam, there it all was. Right, the big seventy-four tornado. It was just awful.
3: What community did you live in at that time? I lived
2: in out in East Hampton subdivision out there off of Lindsay Lane at the time.
3: It didn't hit you. It didn't it-
2: hit me, but it hit the owner, of the Isoms. Right. Isom's orchard and all up and through there. But the other thing I remember that impressed me about it is the next day everybody was just stunned, and then the next day they asked people to come and who wanted to help, and they all came down to the civil defense office and there were hundreds. And we went out into cotton fields and cleaned up the cotton fields and lns gave us bread and peanut butter jelly and bologna L&S. to make sandwiches in yeah. the whole community there had to be two to three hundred people that day want to help out and clean up something that nothing happened to them
1: well and my well, mama tells me about people coming down from you know amish coming down yeah. oh, too yeah. to yeah. help rebuild
2: right from pennsylvania we Had a lot up. of that a lot of
3: that. Well, mm-hmm. interestingly, though, that night there were two really strong. They initially rated an F-4 and an F-5, but then they went back and called them both F-5s. But they came within half an hour on the same path. There were people who were hit yeah. and were just now standing up and saying, oh, we survived, and here it comes
2: again. Buddy Evans, yes. the sheriff, was one of those. Yes. He got in the ditch twice. Had throw his clothes away. Couldn't get the red clay out of him.
1: That's right. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you said tornadoes weren't a big deal for you. Well, you grew up in town in Athens. Right. And typically, until 2014, when it hit my old neighborhood, tornadoes didn't come through town in Athens. Didn't come through North Town until 2014, that tornado. But there's that one track. And now I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but part of that has to do with the lay of the land here in Limestone County that, that sort of funnels tornadoes down by the river through Tanner area that's why they keep taking the same track and then up through the mountains but you do see
3: that there's what's it called I think it's called Dixie Alley tell us what you know about that all of the south is Dixie Alley Uh because you know we're everybody's accustomed to growing up thinking the plains you know Kansas Oklahoma those are tornadoes that's where Dorothy was (laughs) but we know here that they occur here just as much Uh, we've had more F5s here in Alabama um, we did have more than any other state after 2011. Now I think we were back to second or third because That's of a dubious Kansas. distinction. Isn't I know it? it's an awful <laughs> thing to have, but the trail through here. Runs from down in Tanner through, um, goes up to the county line near the prison. Right. Near Love Branch Road. Uh, in 2011, you know, it did hit the prison. So. Right. Exactly. Well, and
1: some of the same houses that were hit in 74 got hit in, um, 2011. I wanted to go ahead and start talking a little bit about the 74 tornadoes and come to that because, you know, it was a Wednesday night. A lot of folks were headed to church. Some right. people, some people were saved because they were at church. In more ways than one, right? <laughs> As opposed to being in their houses that got blown away. But then there were churches that got hit, too, right. in 74 and, and in 2011. And I remember my mom said, you know, people thought tornadoes were turning around and coming back because they kept getting hit. And, you know, you mention out in the plains, you think of the classic, the you see the big funnel drop out of the sky and you can see it for miles around. But in here, they'd usually come at night. And, and they're wrapped live. in the rain. And they're rain And it just looks like wide. a long cloud. I know. So Sandra Birdwell was the assistant archivist at the Limestone County Archives for 16 years. And her story is in this 1974
3: book. And in my book. Yes, it's in your <laughs> book. So let's talk about Sandra. We'll
1: start with her. I mean, there's no lack of stories. And I almost hate to start telling any one story because we're going to get all these people complaining that their story didn't get told on the podcast. But Sandra, her husband was at work. She was at home with her two little boys. And, you know, she knew it was getting, you know, stormy. She saw a cloud out that way, but it just looked like a big thundercloud. But then she realized it wasn't thundering, and it got real quiet. And her boys, Neil and Jeff, got, they a lot of people would get in the fireplace. That was the sturdiest part of their house. They got up under the fireplace, and as a mama, this hurts my mama heart every time I think about it. She's trying to hang on to them, and the tornado hits, and the winds pull her away from her baby right and flattened her house and when uh, and when it all passed she found her son neil she said he was like in a little cave of bricks he was okay but jeff was nowhere to be found and she went looking for him and found him out in the field across the street up next to a telephone pole he had picked up and dropped him out there yeah. and he was okay um, miraculously but they went to the hospital with you know cuts and bruises and stuff And um, while they were gone, their husband, Larry, came to find her, you know, went looking at the church, went looking at her mama's house, couldn't find her anywhere, came to the house. That whole, you know, stack of bricks and everything that had been there, that Neil was, it was gone. And um, a a tornado hit again. The second tornado. And, you know, they moved elsewhere after that. And in 2011, the house that was built on that same
3: spot flattened. Yeah. I will say... um, before we go into the same houses being hit, <clears throat> I will say that Walter McLaughlin's children were killed. From being in a fireplace, mm-hmm. yes, they were killed by the fireplace. Tell about Walter Farming.
1: McLaughlin and his family. And Walter McLaughlin, he was a limestone county commissioner in the Clements area for years. And I think at that time he was working with the county commission, and no, he, he was working, with working with the for the city for of the Athens Utilities. Tell Department. us about it, Richard. You know, well,
2: I just I knew Walter and mm-hmm. his family, and he was working for the Athens Utility.
3: Right. It was his son's birthday. Yeah, he they, was were two a, they, they were having years. They were going to have yeah. a birthday party. But oh, Walter had been called out because a line went down, and he was called out to repair it. So he had to leave his family at home, and the house was hit.
1: That's right. And th- there were seven people in that house, his his wife and um, three or four of their kids, his nephew that was there. And when he came home, the house was gone, and they had to find – that was another situation where they had to find their, their family members. His wife and their child all um, were – You know, hit and killed by that tornado at that time.
3: It was really, it it was really tragic. You know, tornadoes don't, you know, you're not ever safe. What I tell people is don't ever assume you're safe. Right. The only way you're safe is if you are underground somewhere. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, and
1: farther back, you know, we didn't have the tornado sirens, you know, and that's, that's one big thing that has made, two big things that have made a difference in Limestone County survival rates is one, just the
3: tornado sirens. Right.
1: Um, they Now they were in place by 74, weren't they?
3: There were some sirens then, but they're not the same that we have now, and there weren't as many, of course, but also, a meteorologist will tell you, don't rely on a siren because yours may not be working or some you right. know you're not ever supposed to rely on just one thing. You need to have your weather radio and and james Spa I mean Spann. there's a reason that James Spann
1: is the greatest <laughs> largest celebrity in Alabama, I know, you know it really? yeah. the minute he takes out that jacket.
3: If he rolls up the sleeves, man, you better find your hole to hide in. I know, really. (laughs) I mean, it's for real, though. I mean, my daughter Shannon and I, after 2011, you know, we take everything very seriously. Mm -hmm. That tornado passed a half mile behind our house. We had a tree down and some debris, but, you know, obviously we were very lucky, but... You know, she's terrified now. Mm-hmm. And you hear any kind of siren or any kind of weather alert, and mm-hmm. we take cover.
1: That's right. Well, and you know, we were talking about houses getting hit more than once. My children's grandparents on their daddy's side in 1974 they were living in Huntsville, renting a house, and their house got hit. They yeah, weren't it, there. It hit Parkway City Mall. That's remember? right. That's right. And it you know damaged their house. Well. Um, skipping ahead to 2014, 2014 took a different track. It went through Clements and then through
3: Northtown. Northtown, when I say Northtown, North Athens. And. Um, you should explain a little. That was the really bad one that came and hit the trailer park and wiped yeah. it out and killed two people.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. Well, and listen, what it did with my in laws at the time, you know, they had a storm shelter beside their house. And at the last minute, they decided we're not going to try to get in that shelter. It it was flooded a little bit, you know, and they decided to get out. And they went to town to stay at their other son's house who had a, a basement. And when they came back... The tornado had hit their house, lifted the roof and dropped it back down. So from the outside, it kind of looked okay. But then you go inside and there's things like a piece of paper stuck right. between the ceiling and the, and the wall and the top of the wall and things like that. Do you know how many pictures I've taken like crazy? It's crazy. Like that? It's crazy. And so, um, but it blew off all the bricks on the west side of their house where the storm shelter was dropped them on top of the shelter and the shelter flooded all the way to the ceiling. So if they had been in that shelter, they probably would have drowned. And as it was, they were able to make it up. But they had to rebuild. They lost their home in both of those tornadoes. Wow. Yeah. They barely got out of Hurricane Katrina, too. I think they must be part cat, nine lives. <laughs> I know that's one thing that there's been so many stories where you see a house where the entire front wall is gone, but the Bible is on the nightstand, still open to Psalm 23 or right. whatever, you know. What are some of the things that you have learned and your study of tornadoes and just some of the wild stuff that has happened. Well, actually, and some
3: of this may sound like I'm reading because I'm going to pull out this Gosh, book and do. read a few. I have a chapter called Freaks of Nature. Yes, please. Um, the Limestone Democrat, which was here in 1932, um, reported from the March super outbreak that many freakish pranks were played out by the winds. One person having a piece of wood blown through his leg. Oh, God. Isn't that's that so horrible? Painful. Um, and during that same, that Dixie outbreak, a home in Columbiana in Alabama was destroyed, but the kitchen table still stood. And a drawer in the side of the table had been sucked out, but 36 eggs were unbroken on the top of the table. Isn't that wild? Isn't so, that wild? I mean, there's just crazy stuff. And then from uh 74, this is one of the stories that has been told and told and told. But in Huntsville, there was a woman who was... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. This is the 1989, November 15th, 1989 Huntsville. Mm -hmm. And she was standing. She had made it to her door and put the key in the lock when it hit. Mm -hmm. So she turned and huddled to the door and just waited it out. Mm -hmm. And she survived. And when she stood back, there was an outline of her. Where all the debris had hit the door, but it was clean where she was standing. Yeah. And there were things, you know, like embedded in the door. Isn't that and wild? so she was wearing a London fog coat. So <laughs> London fog sent her a new coat when they read oh, the wow. story. Oh, hey, there's an ad for London fog yes. right there, man. <laughs> but there are pictures of that outline being on the door. I mean, there's just crazy stuff mm-hmm. that happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you see things, you know, Cars wrapped around telephone poles and I remember reading about in 74, you know, the metal door that got blown off the Birdwell's house was up in a tree and and like a two by four embedded into a two by six without it even splintering. It just looked like it was carved out to be like that,
3: you know, just things
1: driven into trees and...
3: Well, one of the things um, that was interesting, my daughter took a picture in the 2011 one. She had a friend who, their car had a two-by-four through the window, which wouldn't seem so odd, except the two-by-four went through the window and then came back out the windshield and didn't break it. It was oh. threaded through the windshield. Oh, and we have a wild. picture of that, yeah. too. So, I mean, just crazy stuff.
1: Right, right, Exactly. Well, and um, I know one thing that's interesting to me is the, the EMA worked after the 2011 tornadoes and took aerial photos of the damage and then I did plotted also. a map, you know, of the destruction with the photos to correspond. And so you can clearly see where some of those same um, houses, you know, and some of that same track was, and, and for some reason, it seems that it, it always wants to hit the Lawson's Trailer, well, it's not Lawson's Trailer Park anymore, but now it
3: hit Lawson's really bad in 74, it didn't did it? And it did, it does make a difference. You know, mobile homes are more quickly swept away, and that is something you have to be careful if you're in a mobile home. You do need to take mm-hmm. cover for sure. Um, so
1: what are some more stories that you have found that have just really piqued your interest about tornadoes here
3: in, in Limestone County and in Alabama? Well, in my book on Alabama's Deadliest Tornadoes, I wrote about a 1998 outbreak that hit the Birmingham area, and it destroyed a couple of small communities there. And one of the people told me in his remembrances that they knew a tornado had come through because they could smell the pine because oh, wow. it just snapped the trees. It just mm-hmm. snapped a big row of trees, and you could smell the pine sap, and yeah. they That's knew wild. there was a tornado coming through. And, you know, in 1989 in Huntsville, I went down there. I was a cub reporter then, and I went down there, and, you know, those huge metal utility poles, mm-hmm. yes. they were all bent at almost a 90-degree angle. They were just bent all the way to yeah. airport road. I mean, they were – it was just – Freaky to look at. I remember seeing that out in East Limestone and, and Tanner area after the 2011 tornadoes. Okay. Here's a little tidbit for yeah, you. Do. Uh, Athens Utilities had to replace 500 utility poles after 2011. Whoa. Wow,
1: I believe it. And I feel like we cannot talk about this without giving a shout out to the utility workers. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, after the tornadoes, they're the ones that come in from all over. And a lot of times, while well, it's still storming, and they're trying to get everything right I, on I agree. and
3: going. I agree completely. Um, Let me tell you one of the weird ones about the Birmingham, the 1998. In Edgewater, a home was destroyed when it was pounded with bricks from the Methodist church next door. Only a part of the kitchen wall and a counter remained, yet none of the dishes on the counter were broken. Crazy. I mean, there's just all kinds of, you could go on and on. Um, One that struck in Concord demolished a, a garage in the backyard of this woman's house and pulled up every shrub that had been planted beside it but the car inside of the garage was untouched wow. so you just don't ever know what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen
2: i mean so you should take them very seriously
3: that's right for sure and i think we're we're
1: better off now in a lot of ways to be able to have you know the early warning system on the tv now and the super you know specific radar but there are still times that one will come out of the blue that you know that you weren't expecting Right. So you have written extensively about the 2011 tornadoes. Tell us a little bit more about those
3: specifically and some of the things you remember from the 2011 tornadoes. Okay. I'm going to give you a few statistics and then I'm going to tell you about what happened that day for me personally. But statistics are that statewide we had 62 tornadoes touchdown. And Limestone County we had seven. And we had um, EF5 tornadoes in Alabama that day, two hit, the one in Limestone County and the one in DeKalb County. Everybody remembers Tuscaloosa because mm-hmm. it was so bad, and it was an F4, although I think they might have gone back and changed that rating to an F5, mm-hmm. but everyone remembers uh, that one. Right. Um, Alabama has had seven F5 tornadoes in its history. And how many of those have been in Limestone County? Um, there have been several. We know that there were three. Wow! You know, from which we're, we're just special, aren't we? Right. But on April twenty seventh, twenty eleven, there were two hundred and two tornadoes in fourteen states. Wow. Two hundred forty seven died in Alabama, four in Limestone County, and nine in Madison County from oh, that F wow. five that came through. So yes, it was horrible. But I'll tell you that day. I was at home because I was on vacation. The perfect time to take a vacation. Right, tornado weather. So I, I took a staycation. So I'm an editor, and you know, you always think something's going to happen when I'm not mm-hmm. there. But I was at home, and I had been calling the office, saying, you know, we knew there was a storm coming, and we have to get a paper out. You know, you have to get a paper out no matter what happens. Of course. Well, my daughter wasn't home, and her boyfriend was trying to bring her home, and mm-hmm. every road they hit was flooded they couldn't get to the house. It was late when they finally got there and uh, she was terrified. Um, but we, you know, there's no power so we lit a fire so we could see. Uh, I'll go back though on the day of the tornado she had wanted to go to class at Calhoun. Mm-hmm. And I told her no you're not going to class. Right. Well, the tornado went through Calhoun. Oh wow. That day. You know, because there were several coming through all day long. Right. And right. so every time one would stop, you'd get another warning. But anyway, the next morning we got up, Shannon and I, like 5.30, and I'd heard there'd been the two deaths in Lumsden County. So we got out and started taking photos and trying to see what the damage was so we could report on it mm-hmm. to people. And the first thing we saw near the prison was um three cow carcasses. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when we knew, and Shannon just teared up, and that's when we knew, you know, this is going to be bad. Yeah really bad and I spent the next several weeks it was weeks of just Mm -hmm. doing nothing but going out in those areas doing coverage interviewing people taking people food just anything we were out in it constantly for days and you get really kind of weighed down by it I mean obviously not as much as the people who've been hit I don't want to suggest that But it's hard. It is. It's It's overwhelming. It is. It's to see that kind of damage.
1: What are some of the stories, maybe one or two, that really stood out to you from that day, either from victims and survivors, but then also from the people,
3: the helping hands? Oh, It's great the people who would come out. Um, Shannon and I made peanut butter sandwiches and took them out for mm-hmm. all the kids who were out there helping their parents go through the rubble. But there were people giving out free Chick-fil-A. There were mm-hmm. people with coolers with water. I mean, there were people everywhere. And then there were Boy Scouts with chainsaws. I mean, I it's amazing to see the people who will come help. And it's so good to know that's the case.
1: You know, I think when I look back at the history of tornadoes in Limestone County, that's one thing that hits me is that number one, we always rebuild. We just tough in this county. Limestone, man, that's what we're made out of. (laughs) You have to rebuild. Yeah. And, but also how everybody feels like you want to do something. You want to do something to help. If you made it through, even if it all it is is buying up some water and going around and handing out. That's what I did. I went and bought up cases of water and I just drove down Huntsville Browns Free Road and I'd stop and say, "Here, here's some water for a crew and go down to the next one. Right. But, you because, know, because the crews the have to eat too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, and it just, uh, it brings the community together. It does. What were some of the stories of the people who had been hit, had lost things? What are some stories that really stood out to you of
3: just the damage and, and loss? Um. Well, I know two people in Tanner were still living in the homes they rebuilt after seventy four. Yeah, they had rebuilt after seventy four, and were still living there. And they were both homes were demolished. Mm-hmm. And I can't recall the names right off him. But one woman I know told her husband that she wanted to move, and so he built her a storm shelter. Mm-hmm. And they were in that storm shelter in twenty eleven oh, when wow. the tornado came through. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just there were just some terrible cases like that where people had lost everything again.
1: Right. Well, and one of the things that hits me, too, is um, big old trees. Is it the Gamble Plantation that had so many trees? It had
2: those cedar trees.
1: Tell about that?
2: And they lost every one of them. That's Except right. I think there's one standing. That's out on the Hunt for a Brown Ferry Road. Right, right,
1: right. I mean, it's like something straight out of a movie, you right. know, where the long driveway lined with cedars all the way down, and every one of them got taken out. I know my uh, in-laws had a about a 100-year-old tree that was taken out in the 2014 tornadoes. And that's one thing. You know, you can always, you can rebuild a home, but you
3: can't just replant a 100-year-old tree, can you? No, No, and some of those trees do damage, which you don't really think about, to cemeteries. I've seen some cemeteries be seriously damaged with all of the headstones broken. And, you know, there are people who usually help with trying to get those replaced. The Nick Davis Cemetery lost
2: its monument. Yes. That's right. And we had to put it back. Yeah, right out there in East
1: Limestone.
3: Well, that's something people don't think about. That's a nice thing to offer to help with, donate money to redo the cemeteries, you know. Um, I remember after Katrina, I also went down to do some coverage after Katrina in Mississippi, and there were cemeteries where all the coffins had floated out Oh Mississippi. Of course. So Yeah. I mean, just all kinds of damage.
1: You know, when you talk about the trees, you know, I grew up uh, off of North Hind Street, and— had never been hit by a tornado. I mean, I had neighbors who had lived there for 70 years, and they said, I've never seen a tornado come through this part of town. And in 2014, it took a funky track and went straight through and, and tore up around Jackson Drive and 7th Avenue. And, and you know, it didn't come all the way to the ground, but because there were so many old established trees, it hit the trees which destroyed the houses, Which hit and it the looked houses. like an absolute bomb had gone off. Yeah, and one of my—it's my daughter's best friends, Mama, and them—they lived over on Seventh Avenue. They were getting ready to put their house up for sale. Like they had just listed it that day, and Buddy, she had cleaned that house. She had taken the—what um, am I trying to say? The. Um, the dryer sheets, same dryer sheets, and wipe down the baseboard. Not a speck of dust in that house. And then the tornado came through that day, and they left to go to her mama's. And when they came back, they had a duplex. Oh, Because wow. there was a tree down right, right in, the in the middle of it. You know, and then they had to kind of haggle with the insurance company who wanted to say, ah, oh, it's not totaled. <laughs> you can rebuild. And she's like my house is in two pieces. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that
3: that is the case. You know, people spray painted signs after 2011 to show their sense of humor. Oh like yeah. People would say house for sale assembly required because their house was just a mess. <laughs> and then there was, uh, I remember one guy wrote that FEMA says he can move back in and you looked at his house and you're like, nobody could live in that Right, house. exactly. You know, it exactly. was, it, it's kind of crazy.
1: It turned out okay because finally the insurance company, you know, agreed. And so she didn't have to go through the process of selling the house. They were <laughs> (laughs) to move
3: (laughs) and actually there are still some houses out there in 2011 that are still just a rubble
1: yeah absolutely well and one of the things i have found in going through our um old photos historic photos of the limestone county archives there are some beautiful old homes historic homes that are no longer with us because of tornadoes that have hit over the years and it's you know it's it's just part of living in limestone county and in the tennessee valley it's you know You pick your poison, right? If you live out in California, you got earthquakes and (laughs) if you, uh, yeah, and fires. And if you live in Florida, you got hurricanes. Well, here,
3: we got tornadoes. We do. At least just, we're not going to fall off into the ocean. So, not anytime
1: soon. Maybe <laughs> into the
3: river. You never know. <laughs> uh, I will tell you a quick story about sure. trees. And um, this had to do with um, Katrina, but it has to do with tornadoes. The company that owned the News Courier owned a paper in Laurel, Mississippi, you know, where mm-hmm. the show Hometown is filmed. Yes. That's so popular with Ben and Aaron Napier. And they had a show where they'd had a tornado and had to rebuild. Well, when I went um, after Katrina, they're inland. Laurel is inland, mm-hmm. but the reason I was there is they had seven tornadoes spawned from Katrina hit Laurel, oh, wow. and Laurel is known for its lumber. It's a lumber area, mm-hmm. and they had trees down on houses everywhere. everywhere. I right. mean, the tornadoes did so much damage, mm-hmm. and it, nobody thinks about it because it's inland. Sure. But it was, you know, that city was... That was part of Katrina. It was wow. just crushed. I know a lady
2: that contracted having her timber cut down, and had the contract signed, and then the next day, the tornado came in and did tow up all the forest around that bomb. Wow. She lost $50,000. She worth couldn't of truth. say. They were busted up. Wow. wow.
1: Well, and we should tell the story about Donnie Powers from '74. A lot of folks around here will remember Donnie. He was the director of the um, Limestone County School Bus Garage for years and years. Great guy. and
3: uh, But he was dating his wife, Felisa, and she um, was only 15 and he was 18. And they were riding in their car, which I think was a Corvette. And they had decided, we're going to try to get home because they knew the tornado was coming. But it, it hit. Mm-hmm. And the car flipped. Well, I do remember the details that Her ankle was nearly severed. Her foot was nearly severed at the ankle. Mm -hmm. But she didn't know, so she got up and walked, and they told her later that the mud had held her foot together. Oh, wow. She had walked around looking for Donnie. Mm -hmm. Well, Donnie was elsewhere. He'd been thrown elsewhere. And when the people came through taking bodies and people away, they had him marked as dead. And they put him in and were going to take him to the morgue but he was alive and she was alive, and they were so happy to have survived it yeah. that they got permission from her mother to marry early, and they got married very That's young, right. not long after very the young. tornadoes, and stayed married his whole life. That's right. That's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just tornadoes tend to bring people together as much as they tear things apart. Don't yeah. they? This is true. I had told the story in my book of the pastor, Reverend Ananias Green, mm-hmm. and Tanner, who would put his family on the sofa when it was coming through. And it was him and his wife, and it was two or three sons, but they were all huddled on the sofa. And it found out later, his wife had died. Uh, the sons were okay, but one had a splinter piece of wood that went through his brain. Oh. wow. And so he later died from that because oh, they couldn't awful. take it out. Yeah. So he lost his wife and son, and they were all right there together on the sofa, but he couldn't, mm. you know, there was wow. nothing he could do.
1: Now, was he the one down at Lakeview Church? Um, I don't recall. You no, know, Lakeview down on Lucas Ferry got hit. And one thing to note is if you go out to check out that tornado memorial, the bricks that were used in the memorial, a lot of those came from, Lakeview Church and other churches, businesses, and homes that had been destroyed in the 2011 tornadoes. You see there's a lot of variation in the bricks there, but it's from those homes that were lost.
3: And we had people come by the newspaper office and donate bricks that were from homes that were destroyed for that memorial. So there are all kinds of different bricks in there. That's
1: right. Well, we could probably talk all day about tornadoes, but if you all want to know more about it, you can come to the library or the archives and check out a uh, April third, nineteen seventy four, a night to remember about. Uh, Alabama's tornadoes then and it, that covers all of Alabama. You can get A History of Alabama's Deadliest Tornadoes by Kelly Kazek,
3: And that covers 1908 to 1998. I like to tell people because it's not the modern. Tornado. Right. Yeah, You can see it at the archives, I think. Yes, right, but, but it's also available, what, on Amazon? It's available on books Amazon, States? Books Million, Barnes & Yeah. You go to the local regional section. And then is Day of Terror available anywhere? I think that it, it was such a limited run.
1: Sure, but available. at the, at the library and at the archives you can uh, also take a look at day of terror 7 on 427 that kelly um, and the news courier crew put together after the 2011 tornadoes we also have photos from the uh, 74 tornadoes at the limestone county archives as well so there's a lot of research that you can do and you can learn more and most importantly stay safe yes please don't take
3: tornadoes for granted please do not they're deadly
1: absolutely
2: amen
1: you got anything else to add richard no
2: sir that's great
1: all right well thank you all for joining us for this episode of homegrown history kelly we appreciate you very much for taking your very valuable and precious time to talk to us (laughs) thank you for having me absolutely absolutely we'll have to have you come back and talk some more about some other topics i know you've written quite a bit about limestone county history and quirky things around the state so we'll just have to bring you back another day how about that that sounds good all right thank you we'll see you next time for another episode of homegrown history
0: you've been listening to homegrown history presented by the athens limestone county public library and the limestone county archives in athens alabama for more information please visit the archive website at limestonearchives.com And to hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.